Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Stream Queens podcast, where we review horror films and horror adjacent films that you can stream on the internet. I'm your co-host, Rachel, and joining me is the head of an invading army of aliens, Mars. Hello. Hello. How are you? You do not understand how passionately excited I am to talk about this movie. I think I understand why, because I was so mystified as well. And I just have been waiting. It feels like a burden I've been carrying having watched this movie (laughs) and not being able to talk about it. So I watched this last night with my partner, who at one point just looked at me and shook his head and he's like, Mars. (laughs) (laughs) I felt that. I felt that moment happen. All right. So the movie we're going to be talking about is a Netflix original sort of sci-fi kids movie kids movie question mark yeah i don't know that it is but i don't know that it isn't right and it's called rim of the world and it's the movie that i am most confused by this year so far uh all right so what have you been up to anything exciting no not really um just living in the world still which is you know normalizing i feel like it's normalizing the whole this is how we exist in the world now which Mm -hmm. is nice but at the same time, I don't really super love that every time I go somewhere and touch anything, I have to think about it, you know? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Even though I did before. This is the thing that's confusing to me is that most of the precautions they're telling people to take as far as passing on germs and being close to strangers are things I did anyway, mm-hmm. right? And so I'm just a little bit baffled that we're having to be told not to touch strangers or breathe on strangers. Well, or it just be tells you on... how gross everybody else is. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, because like you, as a bit of a germaphobe, I feel like maybe I've leveled up 2%, but it was not a full lifestyle change in terms of cleaning myself and keeping myself to myself and not touching my mouth and nose after, you know, these were all things that kind of my general anxiety level already prepared me for. Yeah, I was at the grocery store today and I was standing in line and all of a sudden this woman pops up so close to me that she touched me. No. And she was switching out the old magazines for the new ones. So she worked there or for the new magazine company or whatever, but she was there professionally. This was not a person who was shopping. She was there professionally. And so I moved away from her and she was like, oh, don't worry. I'm used to it. I work around people all day. And I was like, it's not. That's the point. <laughs> like, it's not you. I'm. I'm concerned about it's it's me kind of I'd rather you not touch me yeah you know I feel like it's turned us all into Cusco like the no touchy (laughs) but I want to yell at everyone at all times I know (laughs) oh shit all right well okay like as I said we're talking about rim of the world but before we get into that here is a quick trailer from our buddies over at the here's Johnny podcast tales of giant monsters as old as tales themselves. But what makes those stories fit into the kaiju genre, and just how scary can they be? Larry and Justin are pursuing this very knowledge on the Here's Johnny podcast, a horror show that arrives every week, just like your favorite radio drama, but instantly through forbidden sciences known as Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. There are a ton of kaiju out there to learn about. Just listen to your local emergency officials and stay out of their paths. evacuation protocol and 
listen to the Here's Johnny podcast on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Can you please remind or let our new listeners, if anybody new is in the audience, what our spoiler policy is? We spoil the whole thing from the top to the bottom. We're going to talk about everything. We're going to talk about everything that happens, everything that we th- think about it. And generally, we try to give a little bit of a head of time notice that if you haven't seen the movie, uh, whether or not we think that you should before we get into it. I don't know that it will entirely matter. I think that watching the movie without hearing us talk about it first will be confusing, and hearing us talk about it first and then watching the movie will be confusing. I'm not sure that... I think it'll be two different experiences. I'm just not sure what they will be. So the things that will spoil are not plot, because this movie is as painful numbers as it could possibly be. If you've ever seen a movie before, you know exactly what's going to happen in this movie. What makes it different are just how weird it is the fact that this was somebody's fever dream and then a bunch of people got involved and were like yeah millions of dollars went into the making of it these were conscious decisions that's what i think is so confusing to me is that these were purposefully made decisions in some degree i feel like it's a little almost trolly you know my second time watching it i almost kind of got that feeling too Whereas, like, like, maybe they're trying to, like, do an absurd parody of several things, but it just didn't go far enough to yeah, really... I felt like it was a little bit of a middle finger. We'll get into it. I, yeah. It felt more aggressive. Okay. I like, don't know. I felt I'm just, like it I'm was very... aggressive in the... And it, it's kind of, you think you're so woke, we'll take this kind of aggressive vibe to mm. it. It was... Yeah, we'll get into it. We'll, we'll get into it. <laughs> Yeah. Some conversations between camp counselors stood out to me. Yeah. And yeah, the leaning in of literally every negative stereotype <laughs> and trope. It's just a weird experience. It's it is, weird... and, and it's just weird. And to be completely fair, it's not a horror movie. It is, I mean, we no. could almost call it horror, Jason, because it's kind of sci-fi. The alien design is pretty horror-ish, and yeah. the shockingly violent nature of a few yeah. kills, if this movie were more appropriate for kids, could be their first horror movie. Yeah. But I also, literally the grossest thing I've ever heard in my life happened. It is I'm referenced in really this movie. really interested. To the point where when I figured out what it was, I could not bring myself to say what it was out loud. And <laughs> Randy had to go on the internet because I wouldn't tell him. <laughs> it's revolting. But we shall get there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Cool. So the rim of the world. Let's see. This is from 2019. It was directed by Mick G who was a music director he has he's done a few different movies he's definitely a little bit of a i mean i've heard of him and that says a lot for me he's a little bit like michael bay light yeah so he directed charlie's angels and he directed terminator salvation which to me makes perfect sense with this because it's kind of has that same it has a, a in terms of the way that they use the special effects and stuff and the design makes sense He's done a ton of stuff on TV. He produced The Babysitter, which I actually kind of liked at some point. I like should... The Babysitter. I would say, if you haven't seen that, at some point we should definitely watch it. But but yeah, this this there is a broiness to his aesthetic that I think definitely makes an appearance in this movie. Mm-hmm. For sure. But I mean, also, this there's some thematic stuff. 
that I think works better in the babysitter than it does in this. Like, yeah. mediocre white kid is the hero. Right. <laughs> Girl is a prize to be won. There's hmm, some of that stuff is definitely in babysitter, but for some reason it didn't bother me as much as it did in this. But I'm getting at it myself. All right. So I don't really have that much production information, except for, like I said, XD makes sense. So would you mind doing the synopsis? Sure. So we open on an alien spaceship where there is a an astronaut who's trying to contact, you know, I, I wanted to call it home base just now, but you know, whatever, the NASA center. Yeah. And she's saying that there's a ship and she's being invaded. And from Earth, they can't see it. So they're telling her, you know, send all the information to Dr. Fielding or Dr. Fields or something. And she can't send it. She's got this key that's downloaded all this information on it and she's gonna get it to earth and then she sees something and screams and we cut away so right away this movie surprised me because i'm like i'm going into this thinking it's a kids movie and it is a it is a kids movie question mark but the first thing we see is an astronaut flying at the screen and we go his head has been blown you know been cored out and we like go through his head yeah i was like okay yeah, the level of violence in the language would say to me, not kids' movie. Right. But. Okay, but it's alright. Also, not a grown up? I don't know. Yeah. I'm so confused by a lot of things. Who is this movie for? I think at the end of this review, the answer we need to find somehow is who is this movie for? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if we can achieve that, I feel like we'll have done our job today. Yeah, I don't think we're going to do that, but we'll see. Okay. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. From there, we meet Alex, who's our main character, who's, like you said, mediocre white kid, who's pretty nerdy. He's got a crazy monitor set up in his room that just kind of says some things about the parenting that he's <laughs> getting. But his mom's trying to get him to go to a California adventure camp called Rim of the World. And he just, he doesn't want to go. He shows up in a suit and tie carrying a completed Rubik's Cube because we needed more things to show us that this kid is a nerd really wants to get beat up yeah right <laughs> and also heat stroke because he's wearing a full suit in the california <laughs> wilderness in june with well, the first time i watched this movie and i saw that and i was like well that's a little heavy-handed with the this kid is a nerd you know we're one pair of broken glasses away from just filling in all of the the nerd but i let it stand but it got weirder when we meet the other main characters there's darius who's from a wealthy family and I'll get to what my first theory on this movie was after we talk about all the kids. But yeah. Darius is going to camp. He's from a real wealthy family. We meet Zen Shen 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 Shen. I can't say it. I'm gonna, I'm not going to get any of these names pronounced correctly. I feel <laughs> bad okay. about that already. So we'll just, we'll just disclaimer. I feel bad. Shen Shen, <laughs> who's an orphan from China, who's paying off a stranger to help her get through you know, the airport to get to this camp. She also doesn't speak for the first half of the movie. And then, you know, yep, is fine for the second half. So all these kids kind of end up in this camp and they're going out to canoe, but someone has pooped in the canoes, which actually that that whole scene was kind of really funny where the counselors are arguing and the one counselor's like, I'm not afraid of a little poop. And the counselor who won't let them go is like, I'm not afraid of a little poop, but I'm terrified of a lot of poop. There's more (laughs) poop than canoe over there. And then when, when Darius makes that comment where he, about motorboating, and she's like, rude. Appreciated, but rude. 
Which makes me think that maybe just the actor was good, because that's one of the few times that the dialogue actually works and is funny. Right? It was a standout moment, because it was just, it was actually just, oh my god, something with the way she's like, there's more poop than canoe over there. Yes. <laughs> like, I will so contrast funny. it against the can you uh, the cell phone in the box joke that goes on for oh a my really, really long time. I think that's the thing that needs to retire, is the put it in a box and, oh, you want to, no, the box five minutes later and holds up a box. Yeah. That whole joke just needs to die. It's... Again, children's movie. <laughs> <laughs> right? Question mark? <laughs> so I'm putting anyway. that into the column of for grownups. Okay. Okay. <laughs> So Shen Shen wanders off into the woods. Alex sees her and follows her. And she's trying to find the viewpoint from this postcard that she has. Finds it. Gets really psyched. Darius has followed them and is trying to help Alex get over his fear of heights by murdering him, apparently. By trying to get him to stand at the edge of a cliff. Where we meet Gabriel, the fourth member of this Who, gang. Right away we're like, he's an alien. He's definitely an alien. Right? <laughs> <laughs> So it was upon seeing all four of these kids together that I was like, oh, first theory, time travel is involved because we have Alex, who's modern day. We have Darius, who's the 90s. We have Shen Shen, who's from the Cold War. And now we have Gabriel, who's from the 50s. So right. Because oh they all God. had very specific looks, very specific wardrobes. And what, what even, I mean, I don't know. This is why I need someone else to have laid eyes on this movie so that I can know, is that a really weird decision that was made or was it some sort of message that we're trying to get because gabriel straight up is like with the hair the unbuttoned shirt with the tank top underneath i half expected him to flick an unfiltered cigarette off yeah. into the bushes and call someone daddy oh i mean i think it's part leaning into stereotypes and second like trying to have like, an iconic sort of scooby-doo look you know each of the people have very like, iconic looks yeah but it is a bizarre choice kind of racist <laughs> yeah it's, this movie is fucking wild dude it's just weird that's why even though it's adjacent that's being very generous with the word adjacent yeah. even though it's horror adjacent i was like if she says that we can do this on the show we're doing this on the show because i cannot carry this burden yeah, alone I totally, any longer I totally understand <laughs> i get why you would need to purge this and I've been carrying it for so long. <laughs> now Such a all, lonely. Now the rest of the audience is here to carry that b b burden with you. I feel almost like I just uh, the ring to you all. There is where... a little bit of that happening. Yes, <laughs> correct. Because <laughs> now everybody else is going to have to pass it to someone else because I just can't be the only one who knows. I mean, accurate. Because, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the thing is, is... This is, I'm getting ahead of myself in my review, but with these sort of Spielberg-y kind of knockoff movies, in order for them to work, you have to get lost. You know what I mean? You have to yeah. just fall into this world and go on this adventure so that when the silly things happen, you're so emotionally invested, you're happy about it. Whereas this, the degree of what the fuckery that is happening ripped me out of the movie every five minutes. Yeah, because every five minutes you're asking yourself, wait, what am I watching? Right, exactly. And so it undermines the kind of what this movie's trying to do, which is fully ape all of those 80s movies. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. I mean, because if you think about it, if you go back and watch 
Monster Squad. There is some of this shit in it, but we have progressed as a culture into a way that much of this stuff now just stands out like a sore thumb. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And those movies made, what, last year? Yes, 2019, baby. Yeah. It does not feel like it, and not in no. a fun, nostalgic way, but again. It feels almost like I've literally plugged into someone's brain while they're dreaming, mm. and this is the culmination of all the movies they watched as a child mixed with a little bit of their adult experiences. That is a and they're perfect just description. Having a dream. The worker elves that are controlling the simulation that we're all in, somebody fell asleep and their head hit the keyboard and this happened. <laughs> because this is not a movie. It, you're right. It is like an adult dream of somebody who worked at Blockbuster in the 90s and watched every movie. Right? <laughs> oh my god, you're so right. Oh, I'm going to get abducted now because I've revealed the truth. Yeah, you just pelican briefed this. I know, I'm going to wake up tomorrow and all of the new movies going to theater are all going to be dreams that I had. I'm going to be like, oh, fuck. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> all right, sorry, go ahead. Okay, so Gabriel says that they, he can lead them all back to camp because, oh, because they all got cell phone alerts that there's something happening and people need to stay away from cities and stuff. And so Gabriel says he'll lead them back to camp. There's an altercation between him and Darius, who wants to be the leader, and, you know, whatever. Someone gets punched. When they make it back down from the mountain, there's, like, an alien air battle happening against the Earth forces. I did think that it was cool how they changed the color of the atmosphere when this mm-hmm. happened. How everything turned to that brush fire orange. Like, you know, when there's a yeah. forest fire and everything gets that really eerie orange glow. Mm-hmm. I mean, Which, I, as much as I... looks good. Oh, yeah, it looks great. It just... The things that are happening while it looks great. Right, 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 right. <laughs> are ch- challenging. <laughs> <laughs> so they witness this air battle. An EMP goes off. All the electronics stop working. And they can't use their phones. So they head back to camp. Oh, they've been inexplicably just left at this lake. Which, I mean, really, I'm already... you it, Just by meeting the counselors, you kind of get the sense that this maybe isn't the most above the board summer camp it's not it doesn't have the best management i'm gonna say so it kind of you know for a minute there's a part of me that's like there's no way they would just leave without these four kids and then i realized like yeah they probably would so so they get back to the main camp or even more so there's a sign that says anybody left behind call 911 you know and it was like yeah those camp those camp counselors were definitely like we're missing some kids but let's just Let's dip. We'll leave them a sign. Tell them to call 911. That's fine. And they also leave behind one of the counselors, Conrad, who's a drunk and has somehow drunk slept his way through this. I say somehow as if if I had had that much to drink, I also wouldn't sleep through this, but I probably would. Let's be honest. <laughs> so, uh, so they find another him. one that's a time traveler. Wait, what is he even doing in this movie? I know. And there's some part of me that was like, Sean William Scott? <laughs> Roasted. From Dude, Where's My Car? <laughs> Roasted. I believe you mean Bulletproof Monk, his finest. Oh, role. yeah. <laughs> How oh. did you get here? Wow. Grim. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they come across that base pod in the woods, or they see it land or whatever, and they go and they wrench it open, and the astronaut from earlier comes out, and she is panicked, and she hands the key to to Alex and immediately just gives him the mission like you have to get this to whatever the NASA station which again is a point in the this is a kids movie 
category because that's the thing that would really only happen in a kid's movie right. where an adult immediately hands the fate of the planet to a child and is like just go you know yeah let me sacrifice myself so that you can go and deliver this child yes 13 year old boy yeah. that i've never met before go go but we also may meet the alien here for the first time it didn't blend in well with the real background and the real elements but it looked it looked cool yeah i mean it definitely has a todd mcfarland vibe to it and it has spider eyes and yeah predator mouth and yeah <laughs> and Again, it's every movie a... that we'll a certain generation enjoys right right it also secretes a, a quote-unquote dog that it's just a smaller kind of alien that you know mm -hmm. does stuff for the bigger alien it kills the astronaut and chases all the kids back to the camp so they go back to camp. We have a sort of reminiscent of Jurassic Park scene it where they're hiding. It is a shot for shot remake <laughs> that then turns into the end of Terminator. Yeah. <laughs> like, and see, this is like a kidding me? <laughs> if the way you feel about it is correct, where it's just sort of a big, you know, either middle finger or in my case, what I said was, I don't know, something like a ridiculous parody of everything that we've already seen mm -hmm. then that would make sense that it was jurassic park meets terminator but it also makes sense if this is a person's dream that we're watching yes. why is that the most convincing that theory is literally the so best ex explanation for this movie that i have heard that recontextualizes absolutely everything and this movie only makes perfect sense in that scenario right if you think if you believe that that's what happened everything's fine everything makes total sense yes absolutely but otherwise i'm in total what the fuckville yep 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 but they escape and they kind of get separated shen shen and alex end up in the in the outhouse where they hide in the poop chamber i don't really know what the yes. parts of the outhouse are called but they do they dive down under the underneath it and i did think it was funny that shen shen manages to land on her feet and alex just eats shit and just Literally. falls directly into it <laughs> Yeah. But they're hearing noises up above, and they think it's the alien, but it turns out that Conrad's woken up and is peeing on them. Oh, and... oh my god. <laughs> and then he gets eaten by the alien. It, hello, Jurassic Park. Yep. Another Jurassic Park knockoff. Right. Oh, yeah. God. Um, somehow they all manage to make it back together, and there's arguments, and this is when Shen Shen decides to speak for the first time by quoting Gladiator. But at the time when I still thought that these were time traveled characters, I was I it was bit, it seemed very, you know, like Cold War propaganda kind of, you know. And so I was like, she's certainly from Red China. Sure, yeah. Okay. So weird. Yeah, it was very weird. But they decide to ride their bikes out to this NASA base to get this key to adults, as they keep saying, except for Alex doesn't know how to ride a bike. So then we teach him to ride a bike, which further just made me think they were time travelers because they put the 1950s kid and the girl from the Cold War on the old style bikes. Oh, God. And Darius is on like a very 90s style bike. And then Alex is on a slightly more modern style mountain bike. And so I was like, oh, absolutely. This is some sort of future where they have time travel camp. A hundred percent. But uh, <laughs> time travel camp. It's not Actually, a thing. That's a great an idea somebody should make time travel camp can't you see that on the cartoon network or something? yeah i absolutely can and for some reason in my head it was steven universe style animation 100 percent. or gravity falls oh gravity falls yes i told you about the time that brandy and i dressed as dipper and mabel 
And then some guy came up to us and was like, I'm best friends with the creator's sister. No, really? I was dressed as her, essentially, because that's who inspired the characters. Oh, my God. Because he really is a twin, and it's about him and his twin sister. He's like, can I take your picture and send it to (laughs) whatever Kurtz or whatever? I was like, yeah, of course you can. (laughs) Oh, that's so cool. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, sidetrack. That's so cool. That's a good story. Yeah. Anyway, so they learn to ride bikes. Alex eats shit, and they have to take a pause, and that's when we see that L.A. is just smoking. And so they decide to go there to find the army to find a person to give this key to, or whatever. And they do, and it's immediately, the army is like, oh, good job, kids, you've saved the world, I've got the key. I was like, is this a dream sequence? What is happening? Because then we get fist pumps into the air, jumping up and high-fiving each other, and all this very, very very goofy celebration mm-hmm. so they give the key to a soldier i and it was like I, it, for me it was like either this is a dream or it's a trap because right. the soldier is way too like oh yeah no questions no 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 questions at all he's just like oh good job kids you did it you saved the world and he puts them on a bus to get them out of the city and mm-hmm. of course he explodes and he gives the key back to alex and he's again like you have to go save the planet and then he blows up right so the kids have their bikes again somehow and they're riding through just decimated areas and they make it to a sheriff's office and gabriel gets really just you know it was one of those things where it's just like oh man you really want to talk about it but you're gonna make us work for it aren't you <laughs> yeah <laughs> fine so he makes some excuse about how he needs to stay outside of the sheriff's office to watch the bikes and alex picks up on it that there's something upsetting him oh and then earlier we get the hint that he's dyslexic kind of because he has to undo the lock for the bikes and can't remember the Mm -hmm. the number orders and so it was just one of those things where as he's struggling with 669 we're sitting there going oh this is gonna this is gonna come up later yeah right this is a thing get ready gotcha Gotcha. So they go into the sheriff's office. Nobody's there except for one inmate who's been left locked up, and he is trying to convince Alex to release him, and everybody has thoughts on it, and then in the end, Alex tosses him the key and tells him, you can let yourself out, but you have to wait for us to leave. The sad part about this for me is that actor, whose name I don't know, played one of my favorite characters on this really short-lived Hulu show. Oh my god. The Mick. Oh, yeah, I liked that show too. Was he- He played Jimmy. Oh, was he her- He was her boyfriend. boyfriend. Yes. I knew he looked familiar. Yeah. And I really liked him as Jimmy. And so it was kind of a bummer to see him be an actual creepy bad guy. Yeah. And then kind of crummy movie. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Right. Anyway, so they leave and Gabriel reveals that they're in his neighborhood and they're like, oh, dope. Can we go to your house? And then he gets all sad again. And again, it does that whole just looking off into the middle distance with the hair. And and that's when he finally reveals to them. And I I also hate when people use that, like, I've been lying to you guys. And then they just reveal that they just haven't told you something. That's not lying. You just didn't share personal information with strangers. (laughs) Right. You made a good judgment call. If that's lying, I I do it daily. I do that every day. (laughs) But he tells them that he actually ended up, he was in juvie because he worked at a grocery store with his mom and he had to count change and he couldn't do it because numbers get mixed up in his head. And then he punched out the guy who accused him of not giving him the right change, went to juvie. His mom never visited him. And so he's, and then he escaped from juvie and that's how they found him in the woods. 
And he tells them that they can go to his house, but that doesn't mean that his mom's going to be there and that she's going to want to see him and whatever. But they go, they break in, and they stay the night. And we get just the the weirdest going to bed scene I've ever witnessed. Where, where somehow... did they all get the weird onesies? That's what I want to know. And even Gabriel, who's got his whole 1950s bad boy persona, his was unbuttoned again, like his everyday top with a tank top underneath, but now it's all white. And he and Darius have matching white onesies and alex and shenshen have matching red onesies and i was like what the fuck what this is also the scene where the dirtiest thing i've ever heard is said oh and the whole conversation where they're like who's gonna sleep with shenshen and gabriel gets weirdly emotional about it where he's like it should be alex they have a connection and i was like what the fuck am i watching yes and what am i about to watch it and when he's like don't be a cock block yeah. Ugh, but then he also says to him something about, I'm used to being in bed with girls, whatever. You were in jail sucking down Lithuanian smoothies. And yeah. I was like, did you look that up? No. You should. I'll wait. Go ahead and Google it. Okay. I don't really feel like I want to, but I will. I think you should. And now remember, as you read this, kids movie. Urban Dictionary. That's the one. Huh, okay. <laughs> well, that's a really intense... Is it a kid's movie? Uh, <sighs> there's everything gross about it, but then also the fact that it's a bunkmate makes, implies that there's some degree of sexual coercion or sexual assault. Yeah. So that's a thing that happens in this movie. Yup. Okay, end of show. See ya, folks! <laughs> you see my last night, I was like, what is this? Who is this for? <laughs> I mean, I was shocked when they talked about sneeze jizzing, but I was not prepared for the Lithuanian smoothie of it all. I don't think anyone was. <laughs> I'm not a prude! I literally <laughs> write about sex every day. All kinds of shit! But this, I was like, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> I clutched my pearls. I think it's because there's one word in particular in that definition. Like, and the sort of expressed amount that is there as well. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm not a prude, and I was shooketh. And, and I know part of it is because it's fucking gross. But also because, again, it's coming out of a 12-year-old's mouth. Yeah. Being spoken to another 12-year-old. Yeah. Okay. Okay, moving on. So. So there's that. I'm glad yep. we were able to, I'm glad, see, you got me to watch this and that was the burden that you got to relieve, uh, relieve. I just got to bur relieve the burden of knowing what that was. <laughs> I needed I'm somebody open else. more alcohol. <laughs> Kershik, that's the sound of healing. <laughs> Maybe that's what I need. <laughs> i'm just gonna pretend like this moment didn't happen okay. and just keep going with the I movie think that's a good plan so alex gets to share a bed with shen shen who it's just it's so uncomfortable because these are children and she holds his hand and says i'm glad it was you and mm. i'm like that's not okay because that means that you weren't gonna make sure that it was right she didn't get to have any choice in the matter of who that she slept next to yeah and she was just down with that. Also, I'm calling major shenanigans. Of course she would have wanted... Wait, not Ladarius Larish, but the other one. 
Oh, right. Come exactly. on. I mean. Gabriel's hair. There's a reason why every boy in the 90s and early 2000s had that haircut. Right. There's a reason. Right. You know, Ryder Strong in Boy Meets World. Oh my god, he totally had Ryder Strong hair. Yeah. Yeah. You nailed it. Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Oh my god. <laughs> Leo, Leo DiCaprio for a time. Correct. Correct. I see I can see the tiger beat in my head right now. <laughs> right? Nick Carter. Oh, no. Followed by Aaron Carter. <laughs> oh, now there's a troubled soul. Oh, That's two troubled souls. They're both. Yeah, I guess you're right, huh? Growing up did not do them any favors. Dude. Anyway, so, you know, the hair. But so in the night, they hear sound and decide to leave. And as they're wandering in the darkness, they come across a masked gang of men who, for a minute, they think it's good that they're being led by Lou, the man that Alex released from the jail. But it's not. Lou knows they have this key that they're trying to get to the camp, and it's going to save the world, and he wants to sell it. So he, the kids are attacked by this gang so that they can try to get the key. But in the midst of that, the alien shows up and murders everyone. I did kind of like the pool scene where Gabriel runs across the pool cover and the alien follows him and is sucked down because he weighs so much more. Yes. I thought that was kind of neat. Yeah. I liked it. Yeah. It was a, it was a, it was a good trick. Yep. It was a good trick. The kids. Oh, <laughs> this is when they go to the mall and have their own little. Get a montage. Again, now yes. we're getting Night of the Comet montage right now. Yeah. And it was weird. It was just. They all turn because... into Run DMC. Choices are being made that are so inexplicable. Well, and even the initiating decision where Alex is like, based on nothing, is like, maybe they can track our scent, so we should change our clothes, because that's where our scent originates from, is our clothing. You know what I just thought of? That whole, I completely forgot, because it never gets paid off in any way. I assumed the alien was tracking Darius, because whatever the oh, whole yeah. shoving the thing down his throat, which may or may not be alien genitalia. Yeah. And even when they talk about it, they still only have theories and they never really. But didn't you think that was maybe it had planted some sort of tracker or something? Honestly, I never even thought about it. There was way too much other stuff going on. I didn't even. I, can't I wasn't believe even. We did not talk about that scene either. I didn't even. Where yeah, it well. This weird alien mouth dick in his mouth. Yeah. And the and that's the sneeze jizz guy. Oh my god! Yeah. What the fuck is this movie? What is and this we just movie? immediately immediately jumped to well it probably wasn't a tongue it wasn't even like oh jokes were made and then it was it was like alex's first reaction was that was probably cranial genitalia i have nothing to base that on but i'm gonna say it oh my god how high were the screenwriters writing this movie <laughs> god damn it no i hadn't even thought about it i wasn't even actually thinking about how the plot was working i was just so confused and baffled by what i was watching unfold before I mean, me I so like i didn't even fair. think about it <laughs> didn't even think about it so they go to a mall to change their clothes and they find mannequins that are in this adidas fashion set or whatever so they all wear that and dance some mm -hmm. and then steal a car mm -hmm. and go joyriding until the alien finds them, and then they bail, and the car sails over an overpass and smushes the alien. At which point, they realize that the key is in the car, so Darius gives this speech about how he was named after a conqueror, a yeah. Greek conqueror or yeah. something, and how Alexander the Great was the only one who ever defeated him, and he wants to bring some glory back to the name or something oh just equally senseless. 
Anyway, he gets the key and gets scratched or stabbed or injured or whatever. I was certain this kid was going to die. I was like, they're going to kill the black kid. I know. (laughs) I know. I know it. I mean, they do all the other things where the kids of color exist solely to assist our main white character with his quest. So I was like, of course they're going to kill the black kid. They didn't. Fortunately, because then I really would have been pissed. Yeah. But still, I was like, no, don't sacrifice yourself for him. Her whole backstory was that her dad wanted a son. You know? Yes. That was her motivation for her problems or whatever. Or whatever is correct. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) She was... I can't even believe what they did to that character. I'm so, yeah. We're getting into the worst of it soon, but... Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Um, so they make it to JPL, the NASA place, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. find out that Dr. Fields or whatever... Dr. Fields or Fielding? I don't remember which one it is. Anyway, the dude is dead, and they think that they're out of answers, right? Um, but then a transmission comes through of some military general somewhere else who initially tries to tell them, like, you're just kids, you can't do it, and they Alex gives a speech and convinces him to let them try, so they have to get the power on, and Shen Shen says that she'll go and do it, and the general is like, what? But that looks like a girl! <laughs> like, oh my god. <sighs> okay. <laughs> and did you recognize the guy who no. they were talking to? Mm-mm. It was Pike from the 100. Oh my god. <laughs> Oh, Christ. The people in this movie. Can I give you, I want to tell you a little side thing. Do you know that JPL was, is real? And it was founded by a guy who did a bunch, he was like super into the occult and did a bunch of weird sex magic rituals with the founder of Scientology, L. Ron Hubbard. Dope. Why not? (laughs) That's a real thing. Why not at this point? (laughs) Just thought you might want to know that they used to like jerk off onto ancient scrolls together. Cool. <laughs> oh, this fucking experience. So all of this is to run a Cold War. See? Cold War came back. At this point, I'd given up on my time travel theory, but then when they're like, it's a Cold War project named Excalibur, and Shandon was like, oh, I got the power. And I was like, see? Time travel! But it not. It was not. And Alex volunteers to climb this radio tower to reposition the satellite, even though he's afraid of heights. His reasoning being, just because. Because they're like, you're afraid of heights. Why would you go? And his answer was essentially, I'm gonna. Because the plot means I need to get over this fear. Right. So that leaves Darius and Gabriel in the command center. And at some point, he has to use numbers to open a safe. And Darius has passed out from his wound at this point. And, of course, Gabriel cannot translate the numbers being told to him by the general and Darius writes them in his own blood and it kind of it, it, it was i kind of thought that was funny because yeah. he was fully passed out and then all of a sudden he just pops up and he's like dude i wrote it down <laughs> Darius had so much potential as a character i know he could have been great but instead they went the whatever the boy equivalent of the sassy black friend is that's yeah. what he was yeah it was troubling and his whole backstory was that his dad owns all these dealer car dealerships, but they lost all the money, and his dad is going to jail. Right. And it just, I only mention it because each kid had that stereotype. Yeah. That stereotypical, this is my past trauma that dictates who I am now. Uh-huh. You know somebody was like, this shit is so deep. I know. <laughs> They're like, I wrote this, and so many people are going to see this and relate. Oh my God. Highly relatable. Yeah, oh. Right. 
So the alien chases Alex onto the roof, and Gabriel and Darius can see it through security cameras. Alex manages to move the satellite. And then at the summer camp, he was too scared to do the zipline, so of course now he has to do a zipline equivalent, and he has to zipline down from the tower or whatever. that's right. Shen Shen has got the power going. She's also released and then also retrapped an alien dog thing. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so Gabriel and Darius have to do this simultaneous mechanism to start up X- the Excalibur device, and Darius passes out. So now Gabriel can't do it, but then Shen Shen shows up. They're going to do it together, and then the alien shows up, and then Alex shows up and saves the day, sort of. Sort of. He leads it away towards the room with the Excalibur in it, sets it off, kills the alien. And that's when we get the full story of Alex's background, which is that he was in a house fire and he was too scared to move. So his dad tried to come get him and ended up getting killed because Alex wouldn't run out of the burning room. But then, you know, of course, he overcomes his fear of fire by jumping through some. (laughs) All his extremely reasonable fears of heights, fire, spider aliens. (laughs) I know. Making friends, things <laughs> of that nature. The other three kids have made it out and the building is exploding. They're all very sad because they think he's dead, but he's not dead. Makes it out. Shen Shen kisses him. Which I remember watching kids movies where, you know, the boy finally gets the girl in the end and being mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah. And as an adult, it was really uncomfortable to watch right. 12-year-olds kiss. And that's also the thing is, haven't we come far enough now culturally that we know that these female characters do not exist? as a prize that our little mediocre kid earns at the end. But no, no. I mean, she's cool enough that she knows how to drive a stick, that she managed to get there on her own. All of these things that arguably make her way more heroic as a character. But she gets sidelined for this fucking dumbass kid. Yeah. But then we get what I think is the most baffling part of this entire movie is the still image ending. Oh, I know. It's where we just so get weird. still image photos of the different things these kids now get to experience because they saved the Earth, right? So it's like a parade, and they're getting knighted, and then for some reason they are in an 80s glam band, and also that they go to prom. The end. <laughs> so... And then we're just left with the weight of our own thoughts. <laughs> accurate. That is accurate. <laughs> that is how I felt at the end of that. Also, what's crazy, there's nothing after the credits. If ever there was a movie that should have had something after the credits, it was Okay, so I'm not crazy then, because I also sat through the credits being like, there's got to be something. Here's what I was sure it was going to be. The other half of the alien that was under the car was going to come out and have regenerated. I was sure, but no. I didn't, I I wasn't expecting anything in particular, but I was expecting something. I 100% thought that there was going to be something. Right? I mean, maybe that means we're not going to have a sequel forced upon us which is a beautiful thing that's yeah that's promising that's a promising future okay so you have now seen this movie multiple times how are you feeling what are you what are your thoughts on this movie i feel like it makes a little bit more sense the second time around okay. not that it makes any sense at all but i can see it now for less the surface value and more the this is trying albeit in my opinion still unsuccessfully but trying to be I, I, you know, like I said, either some sort of parody on all the action kid movie tropes with a little bit of that extra adult flavor to it mm-hmm. to make something that's just supposed to be 
ridiculous. Maybe I'm giving it too much credit, but it just seems like, oh, I'm going to take all these things that people are comfortable seeing and make it uncomfortable. But (laughs) it's still not successful in that because it still doesn't create something that's actually interesting to watch. Right. Yeah. Fair. All right. So positive things. Because I'm going to say bad things. So the positive things is I think this movie visually looks pretty good. Yeah, I agree. Especially when they go to camp. The setting is beautiful. It definitely harkens back to a very particular kind of movie. It perfectly recreates that. I thought the design of the alien was actually really creepy. Especially if for a kid's movie. As a kid, I would have been very into parts of this movie. And one of them is how truly disturbing that alien is i think i would have been shook though when the alien shoved its pincher through the chick's face and pulled her away but yeah that was a lot you know but and the concept of kids at a summer camp having to save the world when there's an alien invasion as a high concept kind of thing yeah that sounds great as someone who grew up loving goonies and shit like that that is that is my jam yeah well and i mean that's why i watched it in the first place yeah it was on my list that's why i added it because i was like "Ooh, kids stuck in a summer camp and then aliens invade fuck yeah i'll watch that exactly because if that being all i knew about it it sounded exactly like something that i would enjoy watching right and i mean because i can watch those movies and i can see the areas where they're absurd and where children would not be able to do these you know like i and that's fine i'm willing to accept that because it has a ton of nostalgia for me but (laughs) this movie is definitely leaning into that super 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 hard and you know and so there's a part of me that can't really help but respond a little bit to that i kept wanting to like this movie literally till the credits roll i kept giving it chance after chance after chance because there's so much in it that just pings the nostalgia part of my brain and tells me I should be liking it that I kept trying to make allowances for it. I think that's what the photo montage at the end is for. It's just in case anybody is still clinging to this movie. Nick G was like, I'm going to detach everybody. Right. Just in case there's anybody left, this will do yeah, it. Yeah, this will kill it. Yeah. <laughs> this movie just, we talked about this just over and over, is maybe making better movies and doing it less well (laughs) you know what i mean it's like the jurassic park scene only not good it's the terminator scene but not good it's the you know movie after movie kept coming up you know even the beginning i was like is this gravity what is happening (laughs) and so that's not great but probably for me and this is something i've been alluding throughout this is that if you go back and watch those movies even though i love them there are majorly problematic things in most of those movies because they come out of the 80s you watch the monster squad and they drop fag throughout the entire movie and you kind of just cringe but you can say oh it's of the era this wouldn't happen now and i feel like this movie in in its its desire to really recreate the nostalgia of this movie instead of modernizing it just grabbed a hold of all of the grossest tropes and with the kind of tongue-in-cheek veneer of being like aren't we so woke with the minstrel-like characters of the two oh my god yeah uh, camp counselors at the beginning talking about toy story right acting like we are so aware of what we're doing but then completely leaning into exactly all the problems like the 
stereotypical characters, the girl that exists as a prize, the sacrifice of all the people of Keller in or potential sacrifice of them in order to help the main character, who's the one that really matters here, succeed in saving the world and him being the hero. The fact that every adult they talk to automatically defaults to talking to him, even though he's the most childish looking on first appearance out of any of them. But why? Because why? Because he's the white kid. Is that why he's automatically assumed to be that way? Yeah. And there's... Well, and he doesn't have he doesn't have bad boy hair. Right. So, but the point is, is there's no thought into deconstructing or or deviating from that formula now that we're in a different era. And I felt like at some point it was when I said it was aggressive. I kind of feel like they. By showing all that stuff at the beginning of the movie, they knew what they were doing and were doing it anyway. Yeah, so I don't know. It's not that serious, but I was just kind of like, there is a undercurrent of broiness to me and anti-politically correctness to this movie that I was like, oh, okay. If you want to make a movie like that or that's a message that really resonates with you, fine. But to put it into a kid's movie is such a strange choice. I don't yeah. know. I don't. I, don't. I and it comes and and I think that a bunch of that and that agenda is a big part of why we're having this fundamental issue of the movie being like, who is the fucking audience for this movie? It's not little kids. It's too it's adult for kids, and it's too dumb for grownups. Yeah, and I know that there is a certain there is an odd and a grown up audience like myself who this type of movie could be made for. You know, like Stranger Things is not necessarily for little kids, but it has all of this kind of 80s vibe, but it excised a lot of the problematic stuff. At one point, I thought when we first got introduced to Dariush, that when his dad's like, I love you no matter what, I was like, oh, we're going to have a queer storyline here. He's this hyper masculine thing is going to fall away and we're going to find out this kid is gay. I'm like, okay, this is interesting. No, no, he's just a poon hound through the whole fucking movie. Yeah, And the dad just loves him because he's going to jail. And he just, which again, why are all the kids of color orphans, criminals? Right. Nobody comes from a nice, loving childhood, if except for I mean, obviously the one kid lost a father, but he has a super loving mother. There is one joke that made me actually laugh. It's a visual joke at the beginning when she makes him sing the "Ain't No Mountain High Enough." Oh my god! And they turn the that made me unironically laugh. Uh, That was the funniest moment in the movie for me. I was like, okay, well played. You got me. I did actually really like that. You got me. (laughs) I also just like it was a a line that was delivered off camera, but it was when Alex first gets there and he's meeting the counselors, and we meet Conrad for the first time, and. The guy, he was in The Babysitter. I don't know. I don't remember what his character's name was in this movie, but it was the camera had already moved away. And all you hear is him in the background being like, why are your shirt so small? I can't even close. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I mean, those characters also had potential, but then instead, like just the way they were utilized gave me the heebie-jeebies, man. Yeah. I don't know. I should love this movie. That's the weirdest part is this is the kind of movie that I like. It just, for me, it didn't go far enough in any of the directions. It stayed just weirdly in the middle where I was like, if this could have been, if they just went in the total direction of absurdity and made this just the dude where's my car of kids yeah. defending the planet movies, I'd be into it. I'm into really absurdly stupid movies, sure, but it didn't do that. No. If it went the more Stranger Things route where we're taking it as a more serious approach to kids saving the planet, sure, I'd be into that too. I'd even, you know, but it was just like it was... 
weird. It just, it was weird. I think that's maybe why I didn't have as many deeper thoughts about it, because I was just so baffled by what was that is happening. That is a very fair response. In front of my eyeballs that I couldn't form more than surface-level thoughts about it. Yeah. It's really something. I don't really enjoy shitting on movies, but this one was just pretty messy. I don't know. I don't know. And what's weird is there's clearly money in it, and yeah, there are name or like at least recognizable actors, and somebody spent a lot of money on special effects. Alex's mom is an actress I've seen mm-hmm. in things before. I can't think of what her name is right now, but yeah, but she's someone who I was, I see and I consider her to be a pretty good actress. Yeah, it's a lot of weird choices. Weird, weird choices with this one. <laughs> I'm glad I watched it though. If that makes right? any sense, okay. just because I feel like I've seen it all, but I had not seen it all. <laughs> See, this and Mermaid Down were just two yes. that were just so weird. I couldn't, I couldn't be the only one who carries this burden. That's I fair. feel lighter now. <laughs> I'm so glad. I'm glad this was therapeutic for you. <laughs> <laughs> I remember when I first watched it and immediately messaged you and was like, you have to watch this movie because I do not know what I just watched. And you were like, yeah, okay, it's on the list. And I was like, oh, no, I can't wait for it to go. See, this is where the show is so good. You can force me to watch whatever you want. Because <laughs> I was like, I don't know how much longer I can go knowing the things I know and having seen the things I've seen and being the only one. Oh, my goodness. Because I just needed to fully discuss what is it. It's not even like, is it good? Or what's the point? Or what was the point? You know, I literally cannot form smaller questions than what is this movie? (laughs) So what do you think? Can we solve the mystery? Who is this movie for? I think it's for McG. Ding, ding, ding. You nailed it. That is I think that is the target demographic is just Mick G and maybe three to five of his closest friends. You're totally right. (laughs) I think you solved the mystery. I thought it was unsolvable, but you figured it out. I think that's the closest thing we're going to get to an answer. Or Mick G. (laughs) And one executive Netflix producer who was like, oh, dude. Right. Are we going to awesome. find out that one of the kids' parents is the in charge of acquisitions at Netflix? Oh my god. Probably. <laughs> okay, so if you were going to watch this movie a third time, what would you drink with it? Just straight vodka. Just straight vodka? Why just straight vodka? Because that'll get you drunker fastest. <laughs> because it's it's colorless, flavorless, and often makes you confused. <laughs> well played. all right we don't have any listener feedback in this episode but for those of you who maybe had your own theories on the movie or you disagree with our review or whatever the case may be you can drop us a line at rachel at zombiegirls.com or head over to the zombie girls facebook page and leave us reviews there or not reviews thoughts don't leave reviews there (laughs) if you want to leave a review though you can head over to itunes and review us there all right i guess that just leaves what we are going to pick for the next week and i have to be honest i forgot to pick something (laughs) so bear with me for one second because rim of the world has pushed all of the thoughts out of your mind that is probably exactly what happened because it it is one of those movies that after you're done watching you almost have to like take a minute just like process what just happened to you that hour and a half or hour 20 or whatever the runtime is just felt like four hours and so you feel a little bit like that alien abduction time loss where you're like wait how is it only how is it only an hour and a half later that was a lifetime all right so i have selected 
for our next movie, one that I, I have to confess, I've already seen it, but I feel like it does not get enough attention, and I just really want to talk about it with you, because I feel like you and I are going to have a fun conversation, and that is the movie Crawl. Oh my god, I want to see this so bad, and I haven't seen it yet, because, you know, I'm not a big theater person, mm-hmm. even though I would have seen that in theaters if it had occurred to me at all to even go to a theater, Yes, which it doesn't. That's why I miss everything, because the idea never even occurs to me. Fair. But I've been waiting for it to be somewhere streaming so that I can watch it, and I just forgot to keep looking for it. Yes. Okay, I'm so excited. Did you... I can't remember. We probably talked about this. You've seen Piranha 3D? Yeah. Okay, same yeah, director, yeah, yeah. Alexandra Aja's take on a alligator attack. Okay, and full disclosure, I loved Piranha 3D. Oh my, I <laughs> love Piranha 3D to a ridiculous degree. It's so dumb and I love it so much. After this, we're going to be good. This is going to be like a, the opposite, like a total love fest. This movie is dumb as shit, but it is the most entertaining thing I have seen in so long. Okay, so I, although I guess I shouldn't be saying that so that you can form your own opinion. Sorry. All right, here's the description. <laughs> As a hurricane tears through Florida, Haley must rush to find her father, who is injured and trapped in the crawl space of their home. With the storm intensifying and the water levels rising, the pair face an even bigger threat lurking just below the surface. Oh my god. I'm so excited! Alligators and crocodiles scare the shit out of me. They're dinosaurs! I don't know why we're acting like they're just reptiles. They are living dinosaurs. imagine how scary they are if we lived in prehistoric times and everything was like that oh my god so scary oh god (laughs) it's a wonder that humans even made it to the where we are right now right such vulnerable soft-bellied creatures skin sacks full of liquid that's all we are So yes, next episode, everybody do yourself a favor, head over to Amazon Prime and watch Crawl. And in two weeks, we'll be back with our review of Crawl. I'm really excited about this. I'm so glad. See, this is why it's good that I didn't have time to look because then I stumbled on that. And I think that's going to be the perfect. Because, I mean, we have fun talking about shark attack movies and stuff. But this one has a lot of the things that I feel like other movies lack. Yeah, well, and we did just do 47 Meters Uncaged, uh-huh. which is, again, you know, a little really stupid yes. water monster movie <laughs> that we both loved. People make as stupid of decisions in this movie. Nobody's smart in this movie. But all the stuff that was lacking in 47 Meters Down, this movie has. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I'm very, very excited for this. I mean, watch, you're going to hate it, and I've totally overhyped it. <laughs> I don't, based on what I know about your taste, and you're my shared love of animal attack movies, this is, I think, I think you're going to have, at least have fun. Even if you don't love it, you're not going to have a bad time. Water animals are mm-hmm. the ones that scare me the most. What do you think would be the scariest situation to be with, with an alligator? It's probably in this movie. <laughs> it's so good. Oh, Alright, cool. So in that case, Marzi, wanna take us out? Thanks for coming back, everybody. Go to Amazon Prime, watch Crawl, yes. and we'll see you in two weeks. Bye everybody. Bye. Excuse me, I had two burps. Why do they always come out in twos? That's so weird.
I don't know. Maybe it's... I always burp in twos. Have you noticed that? It's always, ooh, chess ghost. Ooh, he had a friend. Every had, single time. I, you know what? Now that you're saying it, you are correct. That is a thing that happens. That's so weird. 